0: You are Locked On Chargers,
1: your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade joined as always by my co-host david drogemeyer and we are two writers who got our start at san diego sports domination san diego's top sports blog and i also write for the la football network but we've been covering the chargers together for over six seasons during our own facebook live show chargers domination live which airs weekly during the year and now this is our fourth season as the host of the locked on chargers podcast bringing you your team every day what's up guys welcome into the show a special thank you to any first-time listeners we really appreciate you guys checking us out. And if you, you know, are here for the first time, make sure you go back two days ago when we had Austin Eckler on the show because that's definitely one of our better shows. A special thank you to all of our loyal fans checking back in with us again. Today we are going to be getting into Daniel Popper's 10 Things the Chargers Must Do to Be Contenders in 2021. Daniel Popper writes for the Athletic, obviously, does a very good job there. And I think If the Chargers had all of these things that he has on this list, not only would they be contenders, I think they would have a good shot of winning a Super Bowl in 2021. So in the second segment, we're going to count down from 10 to 6 and get into the least important things from the list, and then we'll count it down from 5 to 1 in the final segment of the show. But we'll talk about staying healthy, fixing the offensive line, throwing more on early downs. There's a lot of good stuff in there from Daniel Popper, and we're going to get to all of the most important parts of it and talk about, you know, whether... We think certain things may be more important than he thinks they are, but we're going to start the show today by talking about a couple of free agents because former Chargers wide receiver Tyrell Williams was signed by the Detroit Lions. I don't think either of us were necessarily guys that were saying, hey, you should definitely go after Tyrell Williams, but I'm going to tell you why it wasn't a bad move that the Chargers didn't try to pursue him. And then another guy that was released was a division rival in Las Vegas, Raiders guard Gabe Jackson. So we're going to talk about if he would make sense as the Chargers try to rebuild this offensive line starting in free agency, but let's go ahead and get into it. I want to start with Gabe Jackson here, because I think this is a guy that is Someone that would make a lot more sense for the Chargers than Tyrell Williams would have. And we'll get into him signing with his former head coach and Anthony Lynn in Detroit. But Gabe Jackson was released by the Raiders. And I saw a tweet from Diana Russini from ESPN saying that an NFL coach had texted her and said, you know, the salary cap cuts that are coming up, it's going to be a massacre is how they put it. A lot of salary cuts are going to happen within the next week. And we're seeing them trickle in so far. I think they're going to start coming in a little bit faster, David, but Gabe Jackson is a very interesting player because not only is he someone that absolutely would come in and improve the Chargers offensive line, obviously that's set at a very low bar, but you could take him away from a division rival and, you know, he might have some bad blood after getting released by Las Vegas. He certainly
0: could and he probably does. I mean, he had a five-year deal, a little over $50 million, so he's not going to get some of that. And uh, going to a division rival, we've seen that many times. We've seen Chris Harris Jr. go from the Broncos to the Chargers. We saw Melvin Gordon go from the Chargers to the Broncos. So it is not atypical of that to happen. Bad blood is definitely a thing. So Gabe Jackson, still only 29 years old, he is a large man. Obviously playing guard in the NFL, six foot three, 335 pounds. He played. All of his 1,062 offensive snaps at the right guard position. He did not give up any sacks. He only incurred three penalties. And he has some respectable grades on pro football focus. A lot higher than Trey Turner. I will definitely put that out there. Um, but the one thing I like the most uh, about Mr. Gabe Jackson is that in seven seasons, he has only missed 12 games so he has been extremely durable and mostly healthy knock on wood in his nfl career so if the chargers were to bring in gabe jackson i don't think it would cost as much as trey turner so they cut trey turner they save a little bit save a little bit of money on gabe jackson and get better production i like that recipe i think that's something that they should definitely consider doing I think uh, I like the, the attitude and, you know, the way he plays the guard position. I think that nastiness would be a welcomed addition to the Chargers offensive line.
1: And the Las Vegas offensive line was pretty good last year. I mean, Denzel Good is also going to be a free agent as well. And we've already seen some really good offensive linemen be cut by their former team or at least players who would be big upgrades for the Chargers. We just saw Nick Martin recently get cut by the Texans. I mean, he would be an upgrade. Over Dan Feeney as much as we love the Mullet, but the Chargers need whole, you know, wholesale changes along that offensive line. And they're gonna have to make multiple moves to do that. And we'll talk about that more later with Daniel Popper's article. But this is a guy that could come in and be your day one starter. You'd feel pretty good about the health of him at this point, even as an older guy. His body isn't breaking down the way we've seen with guys like Brian Bulaga. But this is a guy that could come in and really help. And I think the Chargers have to be interested. And I think that With the amount of guys that are going to be in the pool, they should be able to get him at a reasonable price. I mean, it would definitely be less than what they would have to pay Trey Turner if they decide to keep him around in 2021, so I definitely think they have to look into it, and like you said, I mean, rivals go to the other teams all the time. I mean, for the Chargers, they've had even more guys. Jamal Williams, Sean Phillips, Jeremiah Atauchu, all have gone to the Denver Broncos, right? So we've seen a lot of movement inside the division in years past, but And we're going to see a lot of guys
0: like this get released, Daniel. I mean, I think it's going to be Red Wedding out there in the NFL. I mean, there's so many teams that are in salary cap crisis right now that a lot of really good veteran-type players are going to be on the market, and the Chargers are in prime position to be able to take advantage
1: of that. And even before that, I mean, there was going to be a lot of talented offensive linemen going into unrestricted free agency. Yes, it's likely that a lot of those guys could go back to their former teams, but Even before the big cuts, there was going to be a lot of talent. And now, given what these teams are going to have to do to get under the salary cap threshold, there's going to be even more talent. And Tom Telesco is going to have to pick wisely to try to improve this offensive line because they probably need at least a couple of different offensive linemen to bring in in free agency. And I think they're guys that weren't on the team last season. But talking about guys going to division rivals, we saw that with one of the Chargers receivers with Tyra Williams who went to the Raiders on a four-year deal, lasted two years into the deal, and now is signed with the Detroit Lions, according to Adam Schefter, on a contract that's worth $6.2 million. And we talked about him once on the show, if the Chargers should bring him back. I think we all kind of felt like, you know what, with his skill set and what the Chargers have and the bigger needs that the Chargers have, they're better off spending their money elsewhere. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that Williams ends up going to the Lions
0: definitely not a bad thing tyrell williams reunites with former chargers head coach anthony lynn who is the offensive coordinator over there in detroit with the guy who likes to bite kneecaps Mm -hmm. uh, the guy who uh, will not be named on this podcast uh no i'm just kidding uh but yeah i know we were making such a strong stance against dan campbell i know i'm just joking but yeah you know best of luck to you dan campbell obviously the detroit lions you know, their fans, (laughs) they've been long suffering. So hopefully they get some better results. But uh, yeah, I mean, $6.2 million for Tyro Williams when there's already guys on the Chargers that have similar profiles and abilities and I think could get similar production for a lot less money. Uh, I never liked the idea of bringing in any kind of free agent wide receivers we've seen with the Chargers and with many other teams in the NFL that that just doesn't work. It's not really a recipe for success. So good for Tyro Williams to get some respectable money, and hopefully he can help the Detroit Lions, the Chargers. Uh, honestly, they never needed him it would have been a luxury and uh, right now the Chargers are in a position to where they have a lot more needs than uh, to take a chance on a luxury
1: yeah and I like Tyra Williams I'm definitely happy for him to get another contract with the Lions I was sure that he would and I think that's a good amount of money compared to what some other guys might have to take in this free agency period but the Chargers have basically replaced his production with two guys Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton, and Tyrell Williams last season in 2019 with the Raiders, he had 42 catches, 651 yards, and six touchdowns, I know it's two guys, but Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson combined for in 2020, 48 catches, 909 yards, and six touchdowns, Tyrell Williams is making 6.2 million, Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson going into this season will be making a combined 1.63 million dollars, so the Chargers have found cheaper production with those two guys and two guys that they have, you know, pretty good control over. They'll have them on the team this year. And then one will be an exclusive rights free agent with Tyron Johnson, and Jalen Guyton will be a restricted free agent. So the Chargers will have good chances to keep those guys as well. So you have younger guys. Cheaper guys on the roster that we've already seen kind of outdo the production that you had in your last good season. And now, you know, you've spent a season away from the game. So I don't think it's bad the Chargers didn't add Tyrell Williams. Hopefully, most of that free agent capital will go towards bringing a couple of guys back, some important players like Hunter Henry and Michael Davis, who we'll get into in the last segment, and really adding some talent onto that offensive line. But we have two more segments to get into because we do have to get into Daniel Popper's 10 Things to Turn the Chargers into Contenders. In 2021, and we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that if you need any kind of auto part, there's only one place to get it, and that's rockauto.com. For me, when I'm thinking about having to get a part for my car, which I've had to do recently, and I used rockauto.com for it, it's such a stressful process that I'm trying to do it the easiest way possible. And I'm here to tell you, rockauto.com is the easiest way to do it. I mean, all you have to do is go in. Put the type of car you have in just a few easy clicks. You can find what you need. You don't have to go into a storefront and talk to some guy about something you really don't know a lot about and have him, you know, go check the warehouse for it or whatever the case is. You can just get it delivered directly to your door, which is obviously the best way to do it. And I mean, anything that you're looking for, you can find at rockauto.com and you know, they're going to give the best prices, whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic, you're always going to get the same price at rockauto.com. And all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, guys. Well, I do want to get into this article from Daniel Popper. It's from a few days ago, and it just has a lot of good stuff in it, and a lot of stuff we have talked about on the show as well, but it's kind of all put together, and I think he makes a great point because the point of the article is the 10 things the Chargers must do to be contenders in 2021. So before we go from five to one, we're going to start by going through 10 to six, and the thing that he has the least important on this list is get more consistent and reliable play from young players, and This is probably one that could be interchanged, you know, up and down this list because there's a lot of very important things, but this is obviously one of the most important ones and he gives his explanation why, but David, it's hard when you have a whole draft class to look back on in 2019 and wonder what you're getting out of it at this point. I mean, we feel good about Drew Tranquil, with Nazir Adderley and Jerry Tillery, we've seen them be below average NFL players so far. It's not saying that they can't change to be better, but there's really nobody from that draft class that you can point to and say, hey, that guy's a legitimate, you know, bona fide NFL average player, right, or above average player at this point. So I do think this is something, especially in another draft last year when you have Josh Kelly, Alohi Gilman, K.J. Hill, Joe Reed, some guys that weren't the biggest contributors. Josh Kelly, the biggest one, and I think you might, you know, be the lowest thought of by this fan base after the way he ended the season. This is huge, and a huge part of bringing in Brandon Staley is hoping that you can get more production out of the young guys that you bring in. It has a lot to do with Tom Telesco, but once he brings those guys in, you want to be able to see those guys improving.
0: No question about it, and I think part of Brandon Staley's vision uh, when he was uh, assembling his coaching staff was bringing in guys that can immediately impact this particular pain point. I think Brandon Staley brought in guys, and you you look at it. Look across all of his coaching staff hires. They're all strong communicators. They're all aligned with Brandon Staley's vision of having a connected football team. And most importantly, These are all coaches that have some kind of track record of being able to to develop players at their respective levels. He's assembled these guys, brought them onto the team, onto the staff, and I think a part of that was to address the fact that the Chargers have not gotten the most production out of the young players, and they have not really been able to develop most of their players on their roster. So I think this was a concerted effort to try to address that.
1: Yeah, and if you want to see all the reasons Daniel Popper lays out for why the Chargers need to do these things, just go to The Athletic if you have a subscription. Or if you don't, subscribe to Daniel Popper. He's a good dude. puts out some good content. But I think it's super important for this coaching staff to do. And I don't know if we were ever sold that we were getting that, especially at certain position groups with the prior coaching staff. So I think it's huge. But now I want to get into a couple of things that involve play calling. Because play calling was one of the biggest issues we had with the Chargers last season. And it was hard to blame it all on Shane Steichen because even now after the fact, you know, Anthony Wentz coming out and saying, you know, I was calling maybe, you know, a half of the plays or a third of the plays, whatever he said, but he was very much involved and we kind of always felt that. And some of the things that have to do with play calling that he has on this list are be more aggressive on fourth down, throw more on early downs, and pass more in short yardage situations. And I think these were all big frustrations that we had. I mean, when you look back at the Chargers punting it, Back to Patrick Mahomes or punting it back to Tom Brady not going for it and kicking for a net you know 20 yard gain with a punt instead of trying to go for it on a fourth and four or something like that and mostly just not knowing what the hell was going on but throwing more on early downs and passing more in short yardage situations I think will be huge David because as he puts on here an early downs the Chargers ranked 18th in neutral early down pass rate Frequence in 2020, so that means they did not throw it more often than other teams did when they probably should have been. And then in short yardage situations, that has to be the big one, David, because how many times did we yell about third and one running the ball right up the middle? The Chargers finished 31st in short yardage success rate last year, even though every time they got into third and one seemingly or even second and one, they were always running the football.
0: I can hear John Kegley's voice in my head right now, and he's saying, play calling. Play calling. Yeah. I mean, it's just – it and predictable. I mean, I think that's a word we heard come out of his mouth so many times on this podcast. But it was oh so true. We knew when the Chargers were running every single time. It was so predictable. The defense if, – if me and Daniel and John and regular fans can watch on TV and know exactly what they're going to do, obviously – the opponent knows exactly what they're going to do and their track record because they didn't really switch things up and they didn't throw on early downs and he, and they didn't really make them think twice enough to where they could disrupt those patterns or, or the, the reading of those patterns. So, yes, obviously the Chargers need to throw a lot more. And he says, hey, why don't you put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands? Let him go make plays. We saw what he was able to do in his rookie campaign. I think Brandon Staley has already said that he wants to put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands when you need to have it in those situations and just to get more yardage. I think that's a better recipe. And, you know, you look at the offensive coaching staff. They've collected coaches from the best offenses around the league. Hopefully that is in an effort to build around Justin Herbert and really go out there and throw the football with more effectiveness and i think we've also heard him talk about his ideas on fourth down and it also it seems like he's definitely going to be more aggressive on that front he we know he's analytically driven and we know going forward on fourth down is one of those analytics that a lot of coaches do look at
1: well and the nice thing about what pomper put in here is he got it from rbsdm.com and it's an analytic that takes away situations when the Chargers were getting blown out and of course they're going to be throwing on first down because they're you know down by 17 points or whatever. So yes, I mean some other percentages might say differently, but in situations where the Chargers really had either choice to run or pass on first down or in short yardage situations, they always were running the football and it was just so hard to watch this team who didn't really know that their identity was not a running team and continue to try to do it anyways. As he put on here, the Chargers had 29 times where they could improve their win probability by going for it on fourth down. They only chose to do so 10 of those occasions, according to Popper on here. I mean, that's 19 times. Anthony Lynn, end of conversation. That's 19 times the Chargers actually gave themselves a worse winning percentage by not going for it on fourth down, which is just something that was absolutely brutal. And you could tell in real time, oh, this is going to cost them the game because they're going to decide to do this, punting it back to Patrick Mahomes, doing the late game decisions that they had. So obviously that is huge for the Chargers going forward. And we have to hope that, you know, new coaches with, you know, a few more years left on the contract feel a little bit more comfortable to continue to get more aggressive. But the last thing he has on this part of the list is communicate better on the sidelines. And as you talked about, David, one of the key sticking points For Brandon Staley in picking his coaching staff was guys who were going to be great communicators. And as we've seen, Brandon Staley might be the best communicator of all of them from what we've seen so far in the press conferences and what we've heard from his former players. Yeah, he's the maestro for
0: sure, and nobody has ever said anything bad about his communication style. And you know, just to listen to this guy talk, you know he gets it. He understands that you, know, you can't communicate with everybody the same way. He wants there to be communication back and forth with his players, with his coaching staff. He wants everything to be a collaborative effort, and I think that is going to improve communication. And also, remember... Part of what Darius Winton's abilities, the special teams coach, was game management and communication and was eliminating those situations from occurring. So I think that was another concerted effort to try to address that specific deficiency
1: from last year. Absolutely. I mean, I'm very excited about Darius when one of the most exciting most excited I've been for a coaching hires for this cycle for the Chargers just because of that specific aspect. And you can think back to the game last year, you know, when Justin Herbert is trying a quarterback sneak while his offensive line is going into pass oh block. Oh my God. That and all was the disaster. other brutal yeah all the other brutal situations that we saw from them. And you know, once Anthony Lynn got up to that podium, it's oh, it was a lack of communication, right? When they're getting, you know, kicks and punts blocked, it's a lack of communication. When the team doesn't seem like they know what they're doing when they don't make it trying to run the ball on a third and one and half the offensive line and the offense is on the field while the kicking game is running onto the field all of that was communication, all things that even not being hyperbolic when talking about Brandon Staley, I mean, it's hard to imagine they could get much worse. And this guy seems to be on the totally opposite end of the spectrum on how he communicates from Anthony Lynn. And I think that probably was a big key for him to get hired by the Chargers, given those concerns from 2020. But we do have one more segment to get into when we're talking about a couple of guys that must be re-signed by the Chargers according to Daniel Popper and the most important thing that has to go right for the Chargers in 2021 for them to be contenders coming up right after this but first I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag and I have great news for you guys because what month is it? It's March. March Madness is among us and it's the absolute best time to bet on anything, any kind of sports. I mean, I'm not even a huge basketball or college basketball fan, I should say. But once it's March, I mean, I'm putting money in. I'm taking bets on 16 seeds to upset 1 seeds. I'm taking all those crazy bets. And the funnest place to bet on March Madness is betonline.ag. If you don't want to bet on that, you can even bet on awards, TV shows, and reality TV. I mean, whatever you'd like to bet on, you can find at betonline.ag all you have to do is head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and they will even give you some free money to play with. When you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus only at betonline.ag. All right, David, well, it's time to get into the five most important things, according to The Athletic's Daniel Popper, that the Chargers need to do to be contenders in 2021. And if you don't already, I'm sure you probably do. I mean, Daniel Pomper is probably the best beat writer for the Chargers, or at least the most popular one for sure. So if you don't, make sure to go support him for bringing us good content like this. But these are the five most important things he thinks the Chargers need to do. And we'll start with five and four. And five is re-sign Michael Davis. Four is re-sign Hunter Henry. So on this list, he has Hunter Henry as a bigger must-have than Michael Davis. I think it's closer than a lot of people think i mean you've heard me many times if you listen to the show talk about the fact that hey you know michael davis was your best corner last year i saw the lightning round said something i hadn't even thought about he might have been their second best defender last season right i mean not even just a guy in the secondary like he might have been their second best defender and now he is hitting the open market potentially if you let him get there and then you have hunter henry who's been you know when he's on the field a top 10 tight end in the nfl so david Obviously these guys are both, you know, big time priorities for the Chargers in the offseason. Do you agree with the way he has them listed on here 4 and 5?
0: No, I don't actually. I think Michael Davis is more important than Hunter Henry. And the reason for that is just Hunter Henry's production is, hasn't been just wow. It hasn't been spectacular. It hasn't really, you know, made your eyes pop. But Michael Davis on the other hand, we've seen him improve every single year. And it really, you know, he put the topping on the Sunday with this performance last season where he had a couple interceptions. He was able to turn his head around. He was eliminating the penalties. He was breaking on the football. He really looked like a different corner. I just think the Chargers would be in a tremendous hole if they let Michael Davis go to free agency because they have, we've said many times, they have multiple corners that are close to the age of 30. They need to get younger. Michael Davis is the only established corner right now that is very young. They need to add more talent, and, you know, it's not just Michael Davis. They need to add more to the position. And I'm not saying Hunter Henry is not important, and I'm not saying he's not a good player, but I think that Michael Davis is more important to the team, the team overall, than Hunter Henry is.
1: I think just really overall, corner is a more important position than tight end is in the NFL right now. I mean, if you have a game-changing tight end, a George Kittle, a Travis Kelsey, someone like that. Maybe, you know, it starts to skew a little bit. But I mean, look at the way they're paid now. I mean, some of these corners are making $20 million per season. You have a chance to bring back Michael Davis and you probably don't have to pay him for the production that he is going to bring you if he keeps ascending the way he has, which is another, you know, testament to, hey, you know, once a guy comes in, even if he's not good early on. Doesn't mean he can't improve, and talking about you know player improvement and things like that, Michael Davis has improved tremendously, but I do think it's important for them to bring back both of these guys. Hopefully, they can work out multi-year extensions with both of these guys, because as Daniel Popper says, that's two less starting positions that you have to bring in this offseason. Right? right now, you can say, hey, if we can bring back these guys, the rest of our focus and free agency can be... Okay, maybe now we add more to the offensive line. Maybe we add some more depth on the defensive interior, right? You can make moves like that. If you don't re-sign those guys, now you're looking for another starting corner, a good starting corner, hopefully, because the other two guys you have are over the age of 30 and have had some down seasons recently you don't want to have to find number one corner replacements necessarily in the draft and have to spend the 13th overall pick on that. Not saying that they would, but if you bring back both these guys, it's two more positions you feel good about going into 2021. You can focus your other offseason priorities elsewhere. But getting into the next biggest thing, the number three biggest thing for him on here is improving the special teams and improving the offensive line. I mean, we just talked about the offensive line we talked about gabe jackson and how he could help and not just that i mean popper himself came out with an article i think there was 27 offensive line free agents he thinks could come in and be improvements on the chargers and that's before guys started getting released and we all know how important that is but improving on special teams is super important as well these stats are pretty ridiculous michael badgley kicking ranked ninth 20 ranked 29th in field goal make rate and missed 9 of his 12 attempts outside of 45 yards, which is brutal. Their punt return average was 31st. They were 29th in kick return average. Their punt unit was abysmal. I mean, they had the most blocked kicks in the league. No matter where you look on special teams, it has to improve. And as he put it on here, I mean, those guys should not be the only guys coming to training camp for the Chargers at those positions. And the other guys at the end of the roster are going to have to do much better as far as the coverage and executing kicks and things like that go.
0: Well, I think you just don't want the special teams to lose you football games. And we had multiple examples last year and the years that followed that the Chargers lost games because of special teams, either missed field goals, muffed punts. I mean, blocked field goals. I mean, you name it. There was numerous occasions where the special teams didn't help you, but they hurt you and caused you to lose football games. That's just not acceptable. I mean, we're not e- expecting or asking for the best special teams unit in the NFL, which would be great, but we just need average. We need a team that's going to help you out a little bit, but not kill you. And that's something I think we're going to see under Darius Swinton but obviously, we have to see him go out there and we have to see the players go out there and prove us right.
1: Yeah, and that could potentially mean putting you know more quality players out there. And if those guys aren't getting it done, being able to realize that sooner on in the season and replacing those guys. I mean, we saw a desperate last-ditch effort at the end of the year to bring up some guys from the practice squad when that unit had been plaguing them the entire year right? So they just were too hesitant to make any moves to try to improve it until, you know, they moved George Stewart to a different position. So the last two things he has on here, I think that I would be very upset if fixing the offensive line wasn't number one, unless it's the number one that he has on here. And for the offensive line, I mean, so many different free agents are available. Daniel Popper wants them to bring in two in free agency, at least starting level players, and two of players in the draft as well. So, I think, yes. I mean, adding four offensive linemen this offseason is necessary. And that's even if you don't bring back any of the guys that you lost from last year. But I can't really be mad about offensive line not being number one, David, when number one is staying healthy. And that has consistently plagued the Chargers even longer than their offensive line.
0: Yeah, obviously, we all know the offensive line is a very important thing that they need to fix and something the Chargers have neglected for far too long. But the injuries have been terrible and they've plagued the Chargers for. Probably almost as long, if not longer. I mean, we know the NFL is a violent game and people do get hurt. But the Chargers, I think last year, one thing that stuck to me or stuck with me from the Colin Coward interview with Brandon Staley is Brandon Staley said that last year the Chargers had like 57% of their cap on IR last year, which it's still that that number just boggles my mind. How that that's possible? It's so jarring. Yes, yeah, it, it's jarring. Absolutely. It, it's just how does that happen? So hopefully the new director of sports science or whatever the fancy title is <laughs> the, to the new strength and conditioning coach or the medical staff has a better success rate in keeping these guys healthy and getting them to Sunday so they can help this team and not be on the sidelines and yes one of the names he mentions in here about staying healthy is derwin james and obviously we would all love to see dj back on the football field for the chargers he is such a difference maker but he's missed most of the last two seasons i mean all you can hope for with derwin james and several other guys is that you can just go out there and play the game and and contribute to helping your team win
1: Absolutely, and I mean, it's really been the big names, too, for the Chargers. I mean, the staggeringly low amount of games that bosa and derwin james have played together right i mean the fact that joey's also had his big injury issues austin eckler has had injury issues justin jackson the offensive line mike pouncey was played with it over his couple of years i mean it just has been terrible for the chargers Forrest lamp another great example so something has to change there and obviously injuries are going to happen i mean there will be injuries to the chargers It just can't be your star players like that or it's just so detrimental. So, yeah, I mean, if the Chargers stay mostly healthy this year, if the Chargers do all of the things on this list, I mean, they will be legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And that's kind of the point of why this list was made. But I would almost put them as Super Bowl favorites if you could guarantee they were going to stay healthy, guarantee they were going to fix the offensive line. And the one thing I would add to this list, and I think the biggest thing that this list doesn't have, finishing games the Chargers were so bad at finishing games in 2020 that it's hard for me to say that that's not a top 10 thing that the Chargers you know need to fix going into 2021 because a lot of these things would help that finishing you know fixing special teams gets you a win against the Saints and gets you a couple more wins along the season I mean doing you know passing more on early downs being better on fourth down being more aggressive all those things would help you finish games but finishing games in general yes you won the last four games of the season yes you still probably should have bungled a couple of those and they still ended up being too tight more tight than they should have been but finishing games I think would rank somewhere around number three I think on the list as far as what's most important for the Chargers staying healthy fixing the offensive line finishing games that's how you get wins that's how you make the playoffs that's how you get a chance to go to the Super Bowl and you know throw your hat in the ring. But that is going to do it for today's show. Again, Daniel Popper, thank you for the content. If you guys don't already, make sure to go follow him on Twitter and subscribe to him on The Athletic. But we will be back with you guys tomorrow for Free Agent Friday. We're going to be talking about some really big free agents on tomorrow's show, so make sure you check back in with us then. If you don't already, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to like the Facebook page at LockedOnChargers and give us a follow on the Instagram page at LockedOnChargers as well. If you don't, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. That's the fastest and easiest way to get the show and make sure you don't miss out You know, when we have big guests like Austin Eckler or other guys like that on the show. If you guys want to call into the voicemail line, it's been a pretty dry voicemail line lately. We appreciate those of you that have called in, but if you want to get your voice on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for Free Agent Friday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.